Hello, and welcome back to the Foreign Exchange Podcast. We're back! It's been a week and we're back. Can you believe it? I'm Justin. And I'm Xavier, and I cannot believe it. I actually don't think this episode is happening. I don't think you're really here. It's... I'm here. I'm real. Uh, I... You can you can touch me. You can, you can hear me. <laughs> Nobody here can actually touch me because I'm just in audio form. Can I touch you? People around me can touch me. You can, I mean, you can hop on a train. You can come touch me. <laughs> if you want to come touch me, I'll allow it. I have to um, tell you something right away. I was trying to convince uh-huh. my friend to watch what we do in the shadows. And oh, my God. phone so auto-corrected it to what we do in the shower. I've seen that one. <laughs> shower. Uh, <laughs> it's just vampires in a shower for two and a half hours. <laughs> They're making a series out of what we do in the shadows, not the shower. <laughs> can can we do funny. what we do in the shower? <laughs> I don't. I um no. We can't we can't make that film. Okay. So So how have you been this week? What have you been uh doing? <laughs> besides from Do you get uh, the shower? Getting hilarious uh, autocorrects. Yeah, aside from taking showers. Oh my god, I can't breathe. <laughs> Why did that break me? We're only two minutes in. Uh. <laughs> okay, so uh, I bought the Mega Man X Legacy Collection. <laughs> oh yeah, you did yeah. though. And uh, I beat the first one, the second one, and the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there is something I'm going to mention. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's every game. I don't think the port of the first one is perfect. There's a because I own the original. I own Mega Man X on in original cartridge, mm-hmm. and I play it and beat it, beat it regularly on original cartridge. Right. There are jumps yeah. in things that I do all the time that I wasn't able mm-hmm. to do. Just timings oh. a little off. The way things mm. like it's. Very, like, it's not major, and I didn't notice it was X2 or X3, but I also don't know those games nearly as well as I know X1. Shit. You fucked up, Capcom. I mean, it's, maybe maybe that's just me being me, and maybe I just suck at the game, and I'm trying to (laughs) blame the game. So I never, like, I will go, I've been doing this for years, and I never die in the first one. And I died three times yesterday. Oh, so the, the game's, game's broken. broken. No, because uh, if I... It, Justin, I don't think you understand. Do you... Oh, I understand. The game's do broken. Do you ever... Do you, with most games, well, hard games, I get tense. And it's like... I, I'm not relaxed while playing them. Mega Man X, mm-hmm. I'm very relaxed. It's like being Super yeah. Saiyan. 
and then learning how to channel that Super Saiyan the fight cell. So instead of trying to go beyond it, you just let it become part of your natural form. You just, yeah, you just start Super Saiyan. Yeah, you Saiyan just let it become your natural form so you don't expend the energy. This is actually a real thing. And you're like, want to see me turn into a Super Saiyan 2? This is actually a real thing with athletes. Where if they, mm-hmm. some athletes totally don't go Super Saiyan, but like their breathing is as if they weren't doing physical activity. Yeah. And I'm not saying I've achieved that form in Mega Man X, but I've achieved that form in Mega Man X. And so <laughs> I think the game's broken. <laughs> okay, I understand. Sounds like you got a case of broken game. I'm going to go play me. it on the mini SNES next and see if that one's better. Yeah. There you go. Uh, well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's me playing playing Mega Man, you. Castlevania, and World of Warcraft. and. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been playing, you and I have been playing this little known indie title called World of Warcraft. Yeah. We are, uh, <clears throat> we are back in it because you are a bad influence. Really and. I'm loving it. It's, you know, WoW is like... A good friend? WoW is like a good friend. WoW is like my favorite kind of tea on like a on like a fall day where I'm just like, mm, there you are. I missed you. Oh, I missed you so much. You feel good in my body. I agree with all those statements. WoW... Yeah. Nobody take that out of context. WoW is the... WoW is my... <laughs> WoW is my oldest and dearest friend. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like, I I have a weird obsession with, I, I, I've kind of learned this recently, I have a really weird obsession with MMO starter zones, because they're so pleasant, that I will make a new character in WoW, or actually recently did this in Final Fantasy XIV, and I will try to find the most, like, oh, we're just, like, elves in the woods, or we're just in a little tiny town, it's like, I want to go to there. And I want to walk around and talk to all the little townsfolks and maybe go kill some bears and come back to you. So, like, Endgame WoW that we're doing now is awesome, and it's really fun, and it's enjoyable. But it's just it's just pleasant when you go to, like, towns in MMOs. It just feels nice, I don't you know? think we've ever really gotten to Endgame together. Like... No, not well, Endgame. No, yeah, we're doing... But, okay, no, I didn't mean... We, we are still grinding I didn't mean it like that. I just meant that because a lot of that feeling and a lot of, like, the can Not just the community, but, like, the NPCs. You do your dailies mm-hmm. and you get the Novum and you grind the rep. That There's a lot of that in Endgame, too. And... Okay. In my, fav- my favorite expansion, not necessarily the best expansion, but my favorite... Uh, Pandaland, mm-hmm. <laughs> also known as Mr. Pandaria, you could go, mm-hmm. you basically inherit a farm from an old panda and you take care of it oh. over, and you can go oh. to it every day and you add more and do more things to it. It's just like Sonic Adventure with Chow. It's pretty much exactly that. And then you invite people yeah. to stay at your farm and then you make friends with them. It honestly was the early oh. version of Garrison's. Oh, okay, yeah. But uh, I really liked it. And That's my cat. It. I do, I do. Uh, yeah, I love shit like that, man. I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, I grew up playing Animal Crossing. Like, I don't really... It's funny, I don't really like... Um, 
Harvest Moon or like Stardew Valley that much. I've tried the Stardew Valley and I, I get it. I get it. But for me, I don't have the hook to go back all the time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, lo I love that. Just like getting comfortable in a game, which is a weird, a weird way to put it. But that's it how it feels. It sort of goes back to our Super Saiyan analogy, though. Yeah. When you be when yeah. you become, and it's very easy to reach that that state in MMOs, I find. Yeah. Uh, versus oh, for sure. like an action game or or something a little more intense to become relaxed while playing it. But yeah, for, as I said, WoW's just an old friend. And then whenever it, mm -hmm. WoW comes to town, I go and I have a beer <laughs> with WoW. Whenever, yep, whenever, whenever uh, WoW decides to show up, or maybe he brings his friend new expansion, and you're like, well, I gotta get back and hang out with WoW and his new friend new expansion. Yeah. And we, I've, I've, normally we do, we only do it for one sub period once a year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm feeling well, I'm it right glad. now. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to end this podcast. We're going to play some. Yeah. And, uh. So anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> so we're going to go play laugh <laughs> later. Uh. No, we should, we should talk about we our movie. We should talk about our movie. Because we're like 10 minutes into this bad, And we haven't talked boy. about our movie. Well, we mentioned uh -huh. what it was going to be, and it is... You did, so I hope you did your homework what it's gonna for be. exchange students. It was Lady Snowblood. Also known as Lady Snowblood. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is a movie. It is a movie. So, I'm going to jump into it this time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it is called it is what Lady, uh, Lady Snowblood. Should I attempt the Japanese title, Justin? I wouldn't. Shurayuki You're a braver... That's pretty good. Uh, that's... I know Hime is correct. Uh, and Yuki was correct. So Shura probably... Maybe Shura wasn't. Uh, sure you can, Hime. Okay, no. Anyway, so that stands. That means Dragon Punch Princess. It came out in 1973. It uh -huh. is a to it. Uh, it was distributed by Toho. I know that because I know their yeah. their logo very well, having watched more Godzilla movies than there are years that I have lived in this world. Um, that's actually a true fact. That's not hyperbole. <laughs> That's wow. true fact. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so it came out in 1973. It was directed by Toshiya Fujita. He did this one and the second one. And apparently, according to his Wikipedia, those two movies are his most popular movies outside of Japan. And they're also the least... Mm. They're the least like what he normally does. Oh. Um, also, apparently, he was an actor in uh, in uh, he had a bit part Tampopo. in Tampopo. Yeah, I see that. I still haven't we're seen. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna do Tampopo. You, you, I love Tampopo. I, yeah, I, I was at your house a while ago, and you were like showing me the Blu-ray. You were like, "Look what I have." Well, we didn't end up no, watching we did it. Not. Uh, but uh, we need a, to. It's a good movie. It. it I hear that from, from you, specifically all the from time. you. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be one of those situations where I'm going to show it to you, and you're going to hate it. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think so. But it, 
When do I? I don't hate. When do I hate things? Nah, actually, that's true. You don't really don't. hate things, except for uh, pretty good indie horror movies that uh, the rest of the world loves. But <laughs> uh, I th- oh I can't, okay. I thought you were gonna go somewhere <laughs> else with this. I thought you were gonna go for a specific actor who I oh dislike. Jared Leto. <laughs> Fuck you! You mean the greatest <laughs> actor of our time, Jared Leto? <laughs> no, no. I can feel my fucking blood pressure I know. rising. I know that whenever oh. I say the words Jared Leto, <laughs> you get uh, upset. Let's talk about Lady Snowblood and not okay. that fucking goofball Well, how Jared about we Leto. talk about Don't Breathe? <laughs> don't Breathe is a film. That you don't like. Moving on. <laughs> that I don't like with no likable characters. And uh, I know everyone likes it. And it was a really interesting concept. But your next uh, did it better. Interesting concept, not a not a, a good execution. And your next did it better. Thank you very much. Your what next. did it better? Your next did it. Yeah, your next did it better, and your and next had is like great. Go watch your next. Uh, Go watch your next. Yeah, so it was a movie came, that came out in nineteen seventy three. It stars Maiko Kaji, 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 right? Yeah, Kaji. Yes, and uh, as the as Lady Snowblood, also Meiko Kaji, also uh, or her uh, her given name Yuki Kashima, mm-hmm. and what she's known for are these movies. She was in a series called the Stray Cat Rock series, which I believe was also directed by. Uh, uh, some of them were directed by uh, Fujita. Okay, I need to... Whoa. Okay, I need to read these titles of Stray Cat Rock. Well, maybe they weren't done by Fujita. Okay. Stray Cat Rock. Delinquent oh, Girl he did Boss. Wild Jumbo. Great title. One of them. What? Stray Cat Rock, Wild Jumbo. All right, Jumbo, yeah, sorry. That... Now, here's where it gets good. Stray Cat Rock, Sex Hunter. Mm-hmm. Stray Cat Rock Machine Animal. And then I don't know anything about Stray Cat Rock, but I think I need to watch Sex Hunter and Oh, Machine we're not done because there's another one. Alley Cat Alley Cat Rock Crazy Rider 71. Oh, and that was shit. also Fujita. Hell so yeah. Fujita did Wild Jumbo and uh and Crazy Riders. Did he do Machine Animal? He did not. But anyway, she's in that. She's in mm-hmm. The, she's in uh, Female Convict 71 Scorpion, which I know nothing about, but they're, most of them are on Shudder, or at least the Canadian version of Shudder. And she's in mm-hmm. these movies. So, yes. this movie is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great start. I don't know. I just, I just, cause some people, some people always open the phrase, this is a movie, and then goes into <laughs> what they're talking this about so i was like called... this is a movie that's also a movie mm-hmm. but this is a rev- you can watch it and listen this to is it. a revenge flick it would you consider this exploitation an exploitation flick i don't it think feels so. like one to me it feels like a lot yeah. of the stuff that america was doing in the 70s um well yeah it, it does have that it's it doesn't have that like hyper gore, or even the way just things are added together, or the soundtrack, or basically everything in this movie. I feel... <laughs> Actually, yeah, you're right. Oh, that soundtrack is, is... 
so oh, it's, good. It's I, I like. I don't know if there's a way to get that soundtrack. I doubt it, but like, I want. I don't that. know. We should look into that after this podcast to see if we can yeah. get a hold of it because it is banging. Uh, it is uh, basically just funk, jazz, and then traditional uh, Japanese instruments. Uh, yeah, uh, just uh, sprinkled throughout. Mm. So the the long and short of it is. A, a woman is in prison because she killed somebody who killed her husband and her, and her son and raped her. And there was a gang of them. And so she killed him. And then the other three members of the gang got away. And what they... And she basically gave birth to another child. It's like this... This this child is going to inherit my vendetta and kill all of yep. these people for me. And this mm-hmm. is the only reason this child exists. Yeah. And so, I mean, who doesn't have a baby specifically for revenge on uh, you know the people who wronged you? It's I think that's pretty standard. And they there. keep referring to her as an Asura. Yeah. Hey. Do you know what all the villains of this movie uh, faced? What? Asura's Wrath. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of a video game. <laughs> I am very funny at jokes. So, yeah. So she just goes... Basically, the whole movie is her hunting down these other three people. Uh, it flashes yeah. back and forth between the setup of the prison... And explains mm-hmm. what's going on, and then goes to her doing these things. So I wanna. So it's a very simple plot. So I kind of yeah. just want to talk about cool scenes, and I and I yeah for think, sure. Spoiler warning: she succeeds. <laughs> yeah, it's a revenge film. She gets her revenge. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't think we need to worry too much about that. The no opening scene or the introduction oh. i should say because the opening scene is uh, is uh, her mother sayo giving birth to her yeah the introduction to lady snowblood herself she so she just rocks a kimono and has an umbrella and that's her outfit for mm-hmm. the whole movie she changes the color of the kimono but she just has an umbrella uh is that that's sort of like a sun umbrella right i i guess okay. so yeah, yeah, like a parasol. Yeah, it's not to actually keep things off of her, it's to shade. From mm-hmm. my understanding. Uh, spoiler warning, she keeps a katana in there. Uh, <laughs> in the hilt. Yeah. And yep. she comes across basically a gang lord who uh, is going like on a path and they're in the middle of the path. And she's there and like, get out of the way. And then she's like, I'm not going to get out of the way and uh, are you this person and then shibayama the leader of the uh the gang is like no everybody kill her and then she just kills everybody effortlessly doing ninja flips and dodges and every time she cuts somebody in this movie explode into a geyser it's that classic like 
And I say like that anime thing, but it's like obviously it came it came from from, uh, from Japanese from cinema exploitation like, samurai movies. Yeah, from, yeah, that classic like you stab someone. There's about a two second delay, and then high pressure blood. It's like their blood is yeah, as they just explode a fountain of blood. It reminded me of uh, did you ever play Tenshu on PlayStation I Two? Oh, it was a it was a ninja video game, and that happened every time you like got a guy. That happens in Bleach, and yeah, uh, lots of things. Yeah, but it's it's great. Also, it's that classic 70s blood color, so it's like bright yeah. red paint. <laughs> and it, Yeah, it's just like straight up and red paint. And it's the best. I love that. It's mm-hmm. uh, the Hammer movie. Yeah. Uh, the Hammer movies were the same way. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 great. And she just goes around. Yeah, yeah, she just. Yeah, she goes around killing these, these guys. Eventually, it, uh, eventually, she goes to a village. Which is actually just, you know what what it's like. I obviously this movie came out thirty years before it, but it's like Lawrence Fishburne's mm-hmm. character in John Wick Two. Oh yeah, he's just yeah, a, it is. He's, um, the the uh, leader of that basically village is his name is Matsuman, and he just has an organization of homeless people and street beggars. And they yep. get him information and do what he says. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to him and has killed the uh, the boss Shibayama for him as a return for a favor. She wants him to find the other the other people that were involved in the death of her uh, her uh, mother's family. Mm-hmm. And. Basically, the movie is just her going through the world. It it's a, actually has a lot of similarities with the villainous because it's it's a lot of quiet and then action, then quiet, then action. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they they would be a good kind of double it feature. It's almost like that's what yeah. we're doing. <laughs> it's almost like we did that on purpose. But I mean, like the same night. Yeah. But then feel? you need to watch the second one. Triple feature. Triple feature. I haven't seen Lady Vengeance, so we'll see if it'll be a quad. You mean Lady Snowblood too? No, uh, sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Oh, Lady, you, well, you haven't seen Lady. Yeah, I haven't seen Lady. Sorry, I haven't seen Lady Snowblood too. I've seen Lady Vengeance, but it was once, and it was like seven years ago. That's the one you've seen the least, right? Out of the Vengeance trilogy. No, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen it one time, and you've seen sympathy yeah. a couple times, and old boy one and a half yeah one and a half sounds about right i've seen old boy enough <laughs> i saw it once yeah I saw <laughs> i'll it. never watch it again anyway that is not seen that old movie, this movie this no. movie is lady snowblood yeah um uh what i really like about this movie is when when they're cutting back to uh her as a child and she's training with what is he like a he, monk? I uh, guess the name of the character is Priest Dokai. Oh well, then he's a and priest. He is played by Ko Nishimura, who apparently has been in over a hundred movies. Hell he, yeah! Uh, he's been in Yo Jimbo, and he was in Sword oh, of Tight, Duke, which is another really oh. good uh, movie. Uh, that was uh, can. Uh, 
Kahachi Akamoda, there is a uh, criterion of Sword of Doom. Okay. I have not seen Sword of Doom. Actually, I haven't seen Yojimbo either. I know. I, I will. I will you see You know Yojimbo. what I was thinking about when I was watching this? There are so many, like, well-known, like, well-regarded and very important Japan, Japanese films. But I think a lot of people just know they're important. I don't know how many people have actually seen them. That You know what? I think that's very true. A lot of people are, you know, myself included, like, I I own Seven Samurai on Blu-ray. I have not seen Seven Samurai. I'm aware that it's extremely important. Same with Yojimbo. Same with this. Same with Lone Wolf and Cub. Yep. I'm aware that these movies are extremely important. Nope. Yeah, I'm willing to agree with you there. And I actually own every single movie you just mentioned. And Mm -hmm. I haven't seen all of them either. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen Yojimbo. Uh, we're we're uh, we're bad film fans. Yeah, but I'm maybe I. F- Spoiler warning, guys! I think we're probably just gonna blitz through my Criterion collection. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> just because I've got all the Lone Wolf and Gub movies. Yeah. <laughs> How many are there? I believe there's three. Oh, do you know what okay. I do have? And I this. What do you have? I, I have all the Zatoichi movies. Zatoichi the Blind Samurai. The oh, yeah, uh, yeah, And Konishimura was in a few of those. He was in Zatoichi the Outlaw and Zatoichi the Festival of Fire. And that looks to be all he was in. Also, oh. there's a Samurai trilogy, which was done... I forget who the director was, but it was starring uh, Minifune, who, mm-hmm. who's... Basically, Kurosawa's go-to guy. Yeah. Uh, he, he is Yojimbo. Okay. Uh, Toshio Mifune. Uh, I actually want to jump ahead slightly to... Now, I forget the character's name. Uh, when she meets the uh, the uh, journalist who starts writing her story. Oh! She starts writing Lady Snowblood the story. I believe that's... Um, that's Ashio. Uh, Ryurei yeah. Ashio, played by Toshia Kurosawa. No relation. I love that dude. He's cool. And no. so this is based off a of manga, by the way. Yeah, that I knew. Yeah, and I actually want to check the, that out. The the they show the manga. Yeah, they show they show panels of it, which is really cool. Like when it's when it's him writing the story, they show panels of the manga, uh, kind of sort of like Ken Burns style, the, the tale of Lady Snowblood. Yeah, yeah, like with the, with the slow zooms there's and, the a lot of, and all that. I thought that was yeah, really... Yeah, there's a lot of that. They do that when they explain the blood tax riots, which basically... Yeah. So, quick history lesson. This takes place in 1882. Um, the, the murder of the family happens in 1862. This is known as the Meiji Restoration Period. Basically, okay. I, I'm not going to go for the whole thing but up until this point the japan was basically ruled by what was known as the tokugawa shogunate and they ruled japan from the year 1600 to 1868 jesus the reason they were replaced is actually and you should know this 
was the country was closed. And then a man named Matthew C. Perry, an admiral, came with boats, (laughs) with guns, gunboats, and declared that the country was open. Please open up the country. The country was open. So, yeah. Because of how outmatched Japan was, Japan realized that they had to do some changes or else they were just going to become a victim of colonialism. So they reinstated the emperor. Mm-hmm. This is the start of uh, this is the start of Imperial Japan as you know it in World War 1 and World War 2. And they basically they redid their government. They got a modern army. If this happened really, really quickly, because again, the, they started uh, the Meiji Restoration period happened in nine, 1868, and they were fully mm. they had a fully modern army by the time World War One rolled around, which was right. only forty years afterwards. When people who went there, when the country was open and described what it was first like, it was like, oh, it was like medieval <clears throat> period. That's what they would say. Yeah. Obviously, they were mm-hmm. they weren't educated on any anything involving Japan, so I think that would be sort of a very ignorant thing to say. But that's how they yeah, perceived yeah. it, and then within the periods it, of all the changes was so quick, and that's the sort of world they're in right now because mm-hmm. you especially see it in the last part. Where they're in a basically yeah. an embassy, and there's mm-hmm. where there's people from Japan, there's people that are presumably from America. There's an America American flag hanging. Mm-hmm. So that's the sort of period because a lot of the movies I'm used to, the classic Japanese movies, those are all previous by hundreds yeah. of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, one thing I do like about that, because of this is uh, in the late 1800s, is there's one character with a gun, and that is like a game changer. Yeah. Um, I forget her name now, but the uh, the one woman who uh, who was responsible for her mother's death as well in that in that crew. <sighs> when uh, when Yuki goes to confront her, she has a pistol, and it's like, well, yeah, fuck. Okono, <laughs> uh, sh- yeah, Okono, Kitahama yeah, Okono. She mm-hmm. they. They get to her second, because they basically, uh, they find uh, uh, Tsukamoto, uh, they, uh, she told Tsukamoto Gushiro, who was basically the ringleader of the whole uh, gang, and so yeah. I sort of half explained it, so I'm going to re-explain it. What happened was there basically during this ter- uh, tumultuous period of Japan, they were, there was conscription. And so there was a, essentially a gang of people who said, if you pass yen, then you won't need to be, you won't need to go to conscription. They were lying, but that's yeah. what happened. They also were conscription officers who wore white, and they mistake, they mistake uh, Sayo's husband as a conscription officer because he was in a school teacher and he was wearing white that day. Mm-hmm. And so these four people, um, uh, Sukamoto, Okano, Takamura, Bonzo, and the last one whose, whose 
name I don't remember because he dies uh, he dies early. Oh, Tokuichi. He's hardly in the movie because mm-hmm. he's the reason that uh, why Sayo goes to uh, prison. Yeah, they basically for whatever reason they kill those uh, kill Sayo's husband and her child, and then do all mm-hmm. these things. So she finds out that the ringleader Gashiro is dead, and would died in a uh, died in a uh, shipwreck. But she finds another one before that, Takamura Bonzo, and. For being a like this big crime dude, he's just a useless drunk whose <laughs> yeah. daughter is a prostitute, but makes baskets and throws them into the sea. So basically, makes baskets to and says she's gonna go sell them, and then destroys them, yep. and then goes and yep. makes money, and then brings the money back. Mm-hmm. And he. Ch- he he cheats at a gambling game that Yuki yeah. was being the uh, the dealer, and they mm-hmm. the gang that he cheats at wants to kill him, and Yuki was like, "No, please don't kill him. Uh, it was yeah. my fault. Just let him live." And then yeah. she's like, "Okay, well, we're gonna go to the beach, and you're gonna take your final journey," and just kills this guy. What I what I love about this this uh, his death scene is the fucking snap zoom. So many do. snap zooms in this movie. There's so many, but the the specific one when she basically cuts like, him in half, cuts him in half with a death blow, and it's just like close up to like, Foof, and they're so far away you can barely see them, just like tiny little dots in the center, and there's the ocean it's behind them. Blood. It's a fucking cool there's shot. A lot of those. It's so good, uh-huh. and she screams an mm-hmm. eye for an eye before she does it. Then, yeah, though the cool thing is, so she has to kill him. She gets extremely upset that Gashiro's already dead, mm-hmm. and then she they basically draw out Kitahamara Kono, the lady of the uh, of the gang, through the manga. Essentially, is like, oh, you must know who she is, and this is far too accurate to be fake. So we're gonna beat mm-hmm. you up. And she yeah. owns, like, a gang of, like, people who dress up as police. And that brings Yuki to her. And she brings out the gun, as you mentioned. And it... Mm-hmm. She, I don't think she ever hits Yuki with the gun. No. But but Yuki can't just go around murdering her. Because that right before that, it's the scene with her killing all the policemen... And those police, yeah. those policemen never stood a chance. <laughs> no, That's every almost every fight scene in this movie is so one sided. It oh, might yeah. as well be a Brock Lesnar match. And I mean, well, that, you can tell the amount of inspiration that Tarantino took from this movie with Kill Bill because both movies have that where it's like she rolls into a group of thirty men with a single katana, and you're like, well, everyone's dead except for her. There's no question. No, it's not even close. <laughs> it won't even be a contest. Exactly. And apparently he would play DVD copies of this while they were filming. Like during breaks. Oh, yeah. really? Huh. Like you would show it to the crew and show it to the cast over and over again. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely a, a 
something Tarantino would like. Yeah. But, so, eventually, she injures Okono, and Okono runs away, Mm -hmm. and then hangs herself. Yeah. But isn't dead yet. So Yuki chops her in half. (laughs) Horizontal-wise. He's like, no, no, you don't get the die until I kill you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then kills her. Yeah. It's fucking great. And then we get the final, the final boss. Yes, so it turns out, Gashira's not dead, and found out that Yuki was trying to kill them, so faked his death, and also is the journalist's father. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And is the coolest looking dude... He's got the beard and the glasses. He's got like those round sunglasses. He looks like he looks like a fucking Yakuza boss, which I guess is what he is. But I mean, he looks like a like a video game boss. I don't know. He's he's fucking awesome. He could he could be in a Yakuza game. He could be in he he could be in Blade Runner. He could be in anything Takashi McKay has ever made, and it would be fine. Yeah, he looks he looks so cool. And so they basically uh, storm a masquerade ball at the embassy I was talking about earlier to go and kill this guy. And he has a gun yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> Guns are game changers, yeah, man. But uh it it's a violent scene. Oh, it is it is a bloodbath. And they're just, just First, there's somebody who looks like uh, who looks like uh, Gashiro, but is just well, yeah, he's wearing he's wearing a really good Gashiro mask. <laughs> yeah, but that tech, I don't know what it was about the uh, the ancient times that they were they were able to make other people look like other people with nothing more than latex. <laughs> yeah. That latex and some some good glue and some good fake hair. That guy looked exactly like him. But they get into this big fight, and eventually, eventually to inj- to basically kill Kashiro, she stabs through the journalist. Well, I feel like he's. Doesn't he kind of say just like just do it? He I I don't think his permission was granted. I feel granted like he was so fucked it. up to the point where he's like, "I'm gonna die soon anyway. Just just kill my dad." I don't I don't know if that was granted. I think you could read it either way. Either she is so like he grants permission, or her vengeance is so important it doesn't matter if anybody dies in the way. I yeah, I did. probably more the latter. But, but uh, uh, and then. And 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 still, Gashiro's not dead yet. So he takes out the gun again and shoots yeah. her, but not before she slices his throat. He goes tumbling down yeah. the embassy, and then just blood explodes from him. Just fucking blows oh, this up. This movie's the fucking best. Oh, it rules, dude! It's so good. And and then uh, she goes outside. It's snowing. All the red, bl- uh, all her red blood is on the snow, leaving a trail. And then uh, Kabue, uh, who was um, Bonzo's daughter, runs up, stabs her, and runs away. <laughs> That's how the movie yeah. ends. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like it looks like Yuki's dead. She's she's lying in the snow, 
she kind of makes a ball, makes a fist, and then she sort of starts to and get. And that's the end of the movie. And that's the end of the movie. And there's a second yeah. one, so I wonder what happened. <laughs> wonder if she died back. She got up. <laughs> I think she got up. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I can't wait to watch a second one. I don't know anything about it. I hear it's much more of a political thriller. And okay. to, and deals with the the what was going on in politics at the time, which was everything was going on in politics at the time in Japan. Right. So maybe there'll be more of a history lesson next time. I'm assuming there'll be repercussions, like, you know, she's probably wanted for the murder of all these or people. Or it could just be like, uh, could just be like a Jason Voorhees movie, and we just move on to the next one and don't pay attention to the first one. <laughs> it could be. It could be like that as well. I haven't seen it either, so. No, I have no clue. But we will. Uh, we'll be watching that next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll be watching that next week. And then after that is uh, Lady Vengeance. And yeah. then after that, Why Don't You Play in Hell? And then yeah. after, we haven't made decisions of what we're going to do after that. No, but look, look, we got him in the barrel. Yeah. So go ahead and, and uh, ready yourself up and, and watch Lady Snowblood uh, yeah. 2. Uh, the only place I found it uh, legally, which is actually where I watched it, because I'm, I'm a good person, because I couldn't find a good download of it, uh, <laughs> is uh, I found it on Google Play. You can rent it for $3. Okay, cool. So that's that's where I found... Well, let me see if the second one's on there. I'm sure it is. Lady Snowblood 2, Love Song of Vengeance. Yep. Two ninety nine. you can rent it. So that's that's what or I... Or you could just buy it. And it, it's the HD... <laughs> or you could just buy it. Yeah, it's the so it's the Criterion version, but it's not the Criterion yeah. collection, right? So yeah, it's the yeah. print. It's, it's that print, but it's it's that HD quality. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. No, it's it's uh, the yeah. movie looks great. Um, mm-hmm. I want to buy the Blu-ray. But, I don't. Uh, it's, yeah, it's their Criterion's harder to find since the death of HMV in our wonderful yeah. country of Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there is a place that that has Criterion here in my town, but yeah, uh, everybody knows your name. I don't know if that's the average price for it, but they were charging like fifty five dollars, fifty nine dollars actually for the Blu Ray. Let me tell you what Criterion is selling you on their website. They're a little pricey it's, too, so it might not be that far. They off. are pricey, lady. The complete lady snowblood. Lady in red. Rosemary. So it's thirty-one dollars American. So twenty-five percent more. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. Shit's expensive. I don't. So uh, rent it or uh, find it through other means. Maybe your friend has a copy you can borrow. Yeah. But uh, definitely, definitely watch part two uh, because we'll be talking about that next week. We are. Uh, kind of planning a weekly schedule now for for the foreseeable future. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Uh, this is this is, this is more episodes we've released in a year since our first year. <laughs> hey man, some podcasts I listen to do the same. Oh, thing, lots right? of you them know, do. I, uh, there yeah, was a there's, there's a couple I listen to. It's like one every four. Do you years. remember Cox and Crendor had a period where they basically only there was like a year where they could hardly get one out a month. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. 
Shit happens. There, there was. A, I don't even know if he still does it anymore. There was a podcast I used to love called A Life. Let me look it up. A Life Well Wasted was the name of the podcast. Uh, it's a video game podcast, but he had all these interviews and stuff. And uh, yeah, the last episode came out in 2013. But yeah, he did one like every two years, basically. Uh, the episode, be- yeah. So episode six came out in 2010. Episode seven came out in 2013. So what know, about episode eight? It, it does not there exist. Was no episode eight. Nope. You know, you know, I I rag on us and our schedule a lot, uh-huh. but we have almost thirty episodes, which yeah. is a lot more than some podcasts ever approach. <laughs> yeah, and they're quality episodes, you know. And we're really smart, and we do our research, and we never we never pronounce names wrong, and we never stumble through things. No. And whenever, whenever, we never uh, repeat words. Get any information? We never repeat words. We have the best words, and we never get any information ever because we're smart people. It's not like we don't take notes or anything. I used to take notes, and I stopped taking notes because I don't need them. Because <laughs> I'm so That's smart. Because <laughs> my brain is like a locker. Okay. <laughs> mm? Get in. <laughs> You never get out. Oh wait, shit! No, <laughs> <laughs> you, you get in and get out. No, no, I like that. Information gets in and never leaves. Yeah, actually, yeah, that is like my brain. The dumbest shit will enter it, and then you can never go. I can just regurgitate it to you. At any point in time, be like, hey, did you want to know the history of this fucking spaceship from Star Wars? Because I got you if you do. Do you want to know about the Carrion Spike? I can tell you all about the Carrion Spike. Do you want to know what a fucking moth and Grand Moth are and how the uh, fucking Empire's government worked? Because I can tell you. So what you're telling me It'll is one... a couple days, but I can get it when, done. What? You're telling me is when the end times come, you're going to have no uh-huh. useful skills. <laughs> No, I'm going to have a very useful skill as storyteller. <laughs> I was about to say, you're going to tell stories? <laughs> yes. You're going to regurgitate fucking Star Wars <laughs> to the I'm apocalypse people? Star Wars <laughs> and the Goonies to people. Oh my god. You're going to yeah. be like Bill Murray in fucking Zombieland and fucking act out, act yeah. out these movies. <laughs> I'm going to act out these movies and I'm going to charge uh, people will have to pay, give me like food donations because currency uh, gives a shit. Donate food to me and uh, I'll act out your favorite film. And if I haven't seen it, I'll figure it out. I'll wing it. Anyway, that was the Foreign Exchange Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, as always, uh, thank you to Ghost Noise for letting us use their songs. You can f- hey, uh, I have really interesting news about Ghost Noise that I literally just read uh, a few minutes ago, actually. Okay. Uh, but now I've got to load it up, so it's going to take me a minute. They are putting out a, a physical vinyl record. Okay, here it is. But it's part of this collection. So uh, it's, a, it's a picture disc series. Um, and basically it's them. It's like a... It's like a series with like five other bands Mm -hmm. uh so it is a subscription thing but then you get these basically these five different uh picture discs throughout the year 
they're, they're all going to come out in 2019. So if you're interested in that, it's 40 bucks US. Uh, for all of them? It's For all of them, okay. yeah. Uh, I don't know what these other bands. Uh, Media Jeweler, Ghost Noise, West America, Truce Canyon, and Van Grace. But I mean, hey, if you want to support Ghost Noise uh, and maybe get some other really cool music that you've never heard before, that's an... maybe you have heard these bands. Yeah, that's an interesting way to do it. Yeah, it's 2019 uh, LA The Cut Picture Disc Series is what they're called. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'll look look Mm -hmm. into that. And I assume you can find that at ghostnoiseband.bandcamp.com? It's in the link on their Instagram page, which is instagram.com slash ghostnoise. Yep, so find them there or go to their Bandcamp. And uh, I think that's everything from us, Justin. I think so. Uh, we're on Twitter somewhere. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, <laughs> <hope you're> bye. <laughs> okay. Hit us with that ghost noise. <laughs>